This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome to Post Pitch, a bi-weekly podcast that dives a little deeper into an article published in this week's print issue of the Georgetown Voice. Today, our features editor, Francisca Wilde, is going to explore some of the themes central to her article and to the ongoing process of ensuring we memorialize the enslaved people who were an integral part of making Georgetown the place that we know it as today. I hope you enjoy. College Ground Cemetery is associated with Holy Trinity Church, which is in the neighborhood of Georgetown, um, and which was sort of founded in 1787. Um, The first burial ground of Holy Trinity Church is directly next to the church. The second is college ground on the campus of Georgetown, and the third is the Holy Root Cemetery. Um, So College Ground Cemetery itself was founded sort of after the first cemetery filled up, Um, and the oldest sort of death on the death register of College Ground goes back to around 1818, and at least according to the Georgetown Slavery Archives, People were buried in college ground around as late as like the 1860s or 1867 is the like sort of last recorded date. Um, what is sort of unique to College Ground Cemetery is it is the final resting place um, for the remains of enslaved people, free people of color, and also um, white people. It was a private cemetery, um, meaning that you had to pay to be buried there, but it also meant that it was sort of unsegregated in that sense. One of the more famous people um, buried at college ground is Susan Decatur, um, the widow of naval hero Stephen Decatur, and she's just like famous for being for being the widow of a naval hero. One of the things that's also really unique about college ground is that it is like located on Georgetown's campus. In the Georgetown Slavery Archives, there is a map from 1905. It shows the servants' quarters. It shows like. Um, Healy Hall, and then it shows sort of this a private cemetery, or what's marked as a private cemetery in like the northeast corner of campus, um, where the Rice Science Building, the ICC, and Arupe are now. That's college ground. Um, the link to that map is in the bio of this podcast if you'd like to take a look. Um, some of the people buried at college ground are Margaret Smallwood, Charles Taylor, and others. Margaret Smallwood was a woman who labored on Georgetown's campus um, in the 1830s. Um, she sort of, her most of her work included like the intensive manual washing of both students and Jesuits' clothes, and like this work, as long as as well as the work of other enslaved women, um, was really fundamental sort of to the day-to-day existence of the college and of the white student body. Um, Smallwood died on April 21st, 1837, at the age of 45. Um, Her burial was conducted at Holy Trinity Church, and she's buried at College Ground Cemetery. Um, The last line of the house diary entry in which her death and burial are recorded states, Aperur Aurora Borealis per Orem, meaning the Aurora Borealis appeared for an hour. Um, But that's really all the information we have about Margaret Smallwood. Charles Taylor is another man who's buried at College Ground Cemetery. Um, He was owned by the college um, for decades in the 30s and 40s, 
um, but was probably freed at some point because there are records of him being employed and paying and being paid wages by the college from July 1860 and September 1861. Um, he died on September 13th, 1861, at the age of 46, and is buried again at College Ground Cemetery. There is, again, not much more than that in the archives on Charles Taylor. Sucky is another enslaved woman who is buried at College Ground Cemetery. She died in 1819, um, and it is noted um, in the Georgetown Slavery Archives, in the sort of death, like in the, her death record, that over 400 people attended her funeral. In 1953, Rice Science Building was constructed on top of College Ground, um, and basically, in order for that to happen, Georgetown had to remove college ground to sort of make space for this expansion. At the time, the public was told that the parish records listed around 189 people in the old cemetery. How they got to that number is really like any kind of anybody's guess. Um, it could have been based on the fact that sort of they counted the number of tombstones still there. They could have looked in the archives. But really, um, there were probably far more people buried at College Ground than is listed there, um, given how long it was in operation and given how many people died at that point. The other thing is that sort of this number reflects one of the key historical inequities of the time, which is that because College Ground was a private cemetery, you had to pay to be buried there. It's what made it unsegregated. Um, but it did also mean that only like wealthier people, most of them white, um, were those who could afford gravestones. And because like wooden markers and wooden wooden graves wooden cross crosses aren't as durable to the elements, that meant at the time when Rice Science Building was being built, um, in the 1950s, those gravestones probably would not have been standing. Um, so basically, time like over time, the graves of the poor and the enslaved, um, basically kind of became invisible due to this decay process. In the 1950s, when Georgetown was building Rice Science Building. They reinterred some people to Holy um, to Mount Oliver Cemetery, um, but it was only around 50 people, um, despite the fact that there were far, far more people buried at college ground. Um, in fact, the the ratio of in Holy Root Cemetery, the ratio of graves like of actual graves to grave markers was around one to three. Um, so there were three times as many graves as there were grave markers, meaning that there are probably thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of people who are sort of still forgotten under College Ground Cemetery. This was something that the post-2015, 2016, when the working group on slavery, memory, and reconciliation was founded, became something that began to be addressed um, by the Georgetown community, um, simply because like these people have been forgotten. Um, and it is really it is an important part of sort of the of repairing harm to find ways to honor them. Um, one of the things that happened that came out of the 2016 working group was an express commitment on the part of Georgetown to care for Holy Root Cemetery, which is the third cemetery associated with Holy Trinity Church. Um, that land actually still belongs to Georgetown to this day, so it was one of the commitments they made. However, how to memorialize and sort of deal with college ground um, remains pretty much unaddressed to this day. Um, and it also remains sort of a piece of Georgetown's history that has been forgotten for a while. 
Um, it is something that's starting to come back into the discourse around this memory work, particularly in the light of the 2018 construction of Arupe, um, in which construction workers actually found a human femur um, underneath the building during the construction process. And so one of the things that is also sort of like as we look toward the future is um, obviously Henley is being torn up and the university's 20-year development plan is also going to really change um, how the landscape of campus looks Um, and therefore like this is sort of also coming back. For this piece, I interviewed Melison Short-Colombe, who is a descendant of the GU-272. She is also a um, a graduate of Georgetown College. She enrolled in the college after finding out her family's history um, in order to sort of, like, bring that back into public memory and bring that also into, back into, like, the memory of, like, the student body and the administration. Um, and is also, she currently works at the Laboratory for Global Performance in Politics and is in the process of putting on a one-woman play called Here I Am about her family's connection to Georgetown's legacy of slavery. It was supposed to actually be debut on January 19th and 20th, um, but it was pushed back because it was being performed in Gaston Hall um, and due to the Gaston Hall pipe burst. One of the things that um, Ms. Short-Colombe said to me um, when when I interviewed her was, people were enslaved and trafficked so that you can come and pick up your Georgetown degree, and it wasn't that long ago. You're all gone in eight semesters, and the institution knows that, but what do you leave behind when you leave Georgetown? In the spirit of considering what we're going to leave behind when we leave Georgetown, um, I would also like this podcast to be kind of a living memorial to the people who are buried at college ground. And now I'm going to read the names of the people who are ens- who were enslaved by Georgetown who are buried at college ground cemetery. Um, this full list can be found in the Georgetown Slavery Archives. Charity, January 1821. Peter, January 1821. Louisa. January 1821. Teresa, January 1821. Joseph Smallwood, September 1821. Luis, October 1821. Rebecca Robbie, October 1821. Rachel, October 1821. Margaret, January 1822. Catherine, January 1822. Harriet, February 1822. Sarah, August 1822. Teresa Queen, October 1822. Anne, November 1822. Ruth, January 1823. Jane, January 1823. Louisa Jackson, February 1823. Ignatius, January 1824. Mary, January 1824. Joseph, May 1824. Catherine, June 1824. Osborne, August 1824, a newborn child, November 1824, a child, February 1825, a child, February 1825, Jacob, April 1825, Harriet Jones, June 1825, an infant, October 1827, Stephen, August 1828, Mary Butler, September 1828, Fanny Burgess, November 1828. Mary, December 1828. Louisa, February 1828. George, March 1829. Claire, March 1829. Jane, May 1830. 
Charles, January 1832. Susan, March 1832. David, July 1832. Joseph, July 1832. A child, August 1832. George, August 1832. Claire, September 1832. Ignatius, September 1832. Henry, September 1832. Julianne, September 1832. Nicola, September 1832. Ignatius, September 1832. Elizabeth, September 1832. Robert, September 1832. A child, September 1832. John, September 1832. Charles, October 1832. Mary, October 1832. Sarah, October 1832. John Dyson, October 1832. Lucy, December 1832. Sarah, December 1832. Charity, December 1832. Robert, December 1832. Jane, January 1833. Jacob, February 1833. A child, March 1833. Walter, March 1833. Dick, June 1833. Nancy Smallwood, July 1833. Um, and others are also buried there who are probably not recorded. <laughs>